You're listening to Native Digital, Native Analog, the show where I, a Gen Zer, dissect collisions and commonalities between my generation and yours. Why does this matter? There are now more Native Digitals than Native Analogs, and it's the Native Digitals who are rewriting every way we work, think, and play. I can't stand by and watch Native analog leaders, businesses, and parents teeter on the precipice of relevance while Native Digitals push them off the cliff. I believe that if you don't have a Native Digital on your board of directors, your leadership team, or one that's paid to pester you like a fly in your ear, you won't survive. Let's change that today. Hi friends, welcome to my den. This week's guest on the show was Elizabeth Solaru, who is the founder of the Luxury Business Emporium and just an overall fantastic person and a wonderful friend of mine out of England. Now, if you didn't get a chance to listen to her episode, I'd highly suggest going back and listening to the conversation. We had a blast talking about everything from her her childhood and she how she learned how to bake luxury cakes that she now gets to travel across the world and present at weddings of millionaires and royalty and celebrities. Uh, she talks about that all the way to how she made NFT history by being the first woman in the luxury cake business to launch an NFT. You definitely don't want to miss that episode. But this week, I'm going to debrief some of the learnings I had from the conversation with Elizabeth. And then I'll talk about some application for all of you who are listening as businesses who are trying to stay relevant to native digitals. Elizabeth had some incredible points and examples from companies who were doing this really well. Something that Elizabeth shared with me uh, toward the end of the episode was talking about how the collaboration between Gucci and Balenciaga was a rousing success for Native Digitals because of the way they chose to feature younger models and the type of uh, elements of their collection that they chose to showcase. However, she did mention another example right after that, talking about how Tiffany did a collaboration with uh, with Jay-Z and used a blood diamond for for this collaboration. And what I took away from this segment was Elizabeth's essentially underlying point, which was in any business, it doesn't matter if you're in luxury or hospitality or healthcare or finances, whatever your business is, what you do matters. And it matters to the next generation how authentic that action is. Let me say that again. It matters immensely to the next generation how authentic your action is as a company. So if your mission and your brand is all about, for example, diversity and inclusion, if you choose to be a company who, for example, appoints a Black man to your board just because of things happening politically in the world, that action comes across as inauthentic to Gen Z. In fact, I was on a Clubhouse discussion earlier last year, right when the platform really first launched, and we were in a room myself with about 20 other Gen Zers, and we were having this conversation about 
employers in general and companies who are doing really well resonating with our generation. And one of the examples that Ziad Ahmed, who is another incredible Gen Zer, brought up, he said there were so many companies during the pandemic after the entire issue with George Floyd came about. Um, after that happened, there were so many companies who simply appointed a black man to their board just because, you know, their leaders thought, oh, my gosh, we're going to lose footing with 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 our people if we don't do something. However, how Gen Z thought that looked, what we saw from our side was, wow, you're seriously just going to appoint a person of color on your board because, you know, you're not going to look good if you don't? Like, why would that be the reason for increasing your racial diversity on your board? And so this has come back, this idea that Elizabeth brought up of what you do matters and the actions that you take matter. This comes up in so many different examples. Um, but when it when it comes to this point about George Floyd, let me just read you some statistics. So it suggests that the study that was conducted by, um, I, I want to say it was Deloitte, um, they conducted a study essentially wondering who, how many companies had hired a, uh, a black man onto their board simply because of the May 2020 uh, police killing of George Floyd. And the statistics are interesting. So between July of 2020 and May of 2021, 32% of newly appointed board members in the S&P 500 were black. So again, this idea, I mean, it, for, I guess, on the positive side, it's great that we had such a steep increase in newly appointed board members who were black. And, but yet, from a native digital perspective, as being a generation that is extremely scrutinizing of all the bullshit that happens in corporate America... We see that situation and think, wow, did it really take an incident like George Floyd to cause the S&P 500 to actually put appoint people to their board who are different from them? So it was it was a shocking you know, realization to see some of this data. And in fact, it looks like since then, there have been an increase in the number of women serving on Fortune 500 boards. It rose four percentage points uh, between 2018 and June of 2020. However, the number of racial minorities on Fortune 500 boards rose just above a percentage point. And that was actually a slower pace than the 2% increase during the, the previous two years, according to this study. It's simply fascinating to me to see a woman like Elizabeth, who is a black businesswoman who grew up in Nigeria and who now lives in England and and is observing the world of luxury businesses and and from her perspective as a, a woman in business to see what she has shared about, you know, what you do matters and, and taking these actions, to see her say that and to still witness how many companies make decisions about who they should appoint or how they should lead their companies simply based on the climate that exists in the world of politics. And so my one of my huge takeaways from the podcast, and I hope that this will help any company who's trying to resonate with Gen Z, is to think very carefully about the actions that you're taking in terms of how fragile they are. Are you just placing a Band-Aid, for example, on your diversity 
efforts or your inclusion efforts by simply saying things like, we are a diverse and inclusive employer. Are you actually acting on that? Secondly, by the actions that you take, are they spurred simply by the political atmosphere or are they spurred by a heart desire, a deep down desire to authentically be an employer that is inclusive and welcoming to people who are different from you? And my third challenge to any business owner from what, uh, from what Elizabeth was sharing is that if your company trying to remain relevant to the native digital generation, think hard about who you're including on your boards from a diversity standpoint of not just color, but of age, of gender, of background, of socioeconomic status, of, of all of these different factors that make up diversity. Because hearing from her, you know, as a, as a black female business owner and the challenges she's faced over the years, and also the people who spoke into her life and made such an incredible impact by being that person to say yes. How can you be that company or that leader who says yes to someone who comes from a perspective very different from yours? I hope that that takeaway is encouraging, but also gets you thinking a little bit about the importance of that, of that inclusion of what you do matters in your business and how you talk about what you do also matters tremendously. And the more authentic and transparent that you can be as a company, the greater you, your brand, everything about what you stand for is going to resonate with Gen Z. Speaking of that, it is time for Flex or Flop. And this week, instead of pulling from my hit list, we're going to talk about a company that is doing really well, that they're, they're flexing uh, for Gen Z. And this company is Gucci. Gucci, as Elizabeth mentioned, is doing a fantastic job of resonating on the consumer side of their brand with Gen Z. And if you've seen any of their recent moves into the NFT space, you've seen Probably if, if you, you know, have a, a kid or maybe you're active on TikTok yourself, you've probably seen their advertisements um, and their partnerships with influencers on TikTok. All of these factors combined have made them an exceptional uh, and attractive brand for native digitals. So we're going to talk about three specific ways they're doing really well and what you, could, what you should be thinking about if you want to be relevant to native digitals. The first thing Gucci has done very, very well is they've recognized that the shift into the NFT space is not going away, that there's something about NFTs that are going to last. Now, whether or not NFTs look the same way in the future as they do now is yet to be seen. And I have my own personal opinions that the purpose of an NFT will be quite different from what it's being used as now. But if you look at what Gucci has done, they've essentially acknowledged that NFTs are here, that they're hot. And so they have started selling virtual sneakers. They're not technically calling it an NFT, but instead they're giving their consumers the opportunity to try on virtual only sneakers. They have, I believe it's 25 different pairs or different styles. You can get them for as low as $9. And it's created this hype within Gen Z where we can have the fun experience of virtually trying on AR sneakers. 
Now, there's so much that could be talked about within this space and, you know, go read an article on it or, or go look up the actual AR sneakers yourself if you want to see what they're doing. But the takeaway for any employer who wants to maintain relevance with Gen Z is you need to understand how closely your consumer brand influences your employer brand. And this is the second thing that Gucci is doing very well. They have recognized that their ability to attract and be relevant to the Gen Z consumer is directly influencing their ability to recruit and retain top native digital talent. Excuse me, frog in my throat. So when you look at what Gucci is doing within the NFT space or the, the virtual space, you quickly see that this concept of being a first mover in terms of the luxury businesses in that space, that being a first mover has enabled them to maintain relevance for the Gen Z employee, which means that if someone's thinking about, if, if a Gen Zer is thinking about where do I work or you know what would be a fun or trendy place to work, Gucci is coming to mind as the top luxury brand in, for Gen Z. So number one, um, the first tip that I have for you as a, as a lesson from Gucci is recognize how powerful the digital or virtual space is. If you are a brand or an employer who has not thought about what a digital or virtual component of your product or service is, you need to get moving. You've got to think about the impacts of what the metaverse and what other forms of virtual reality are going to have on your ability to sell physical products. Gen Z doesn't care nearly as much about the physical products in the world as our parents or grandparents or great-grandparents did. And so if I were in your shoes and thinking about how to maintain relevance with Gen Z, I'd be thinking, what is the digital counterpart to my physical item? So in Gucci's case, they decided to take sneakers and make virtual counterparts. In their case, the virtual sneakers are not available as physical sneakers. Who knows what they'll decide to do in the future, perhaps allowing people to have a a physical version of the same sneaker they would wear in a virtual space. But the the principle remains, and you could take Elizabeth's advice as well, which is that she has connected her NFTs about, you know, luxury cakes to a physical product, which is that anyone who purchases her NFT collection is also getting a physical cake visit from her, where she can bake that luxury cake for your wedding and you also have the virtual NFT product. The second tip that I have for you that Gucci's doing really well is this idea that your employer and consumer brand go absolutely hand in hand. So, uh, you know, business owners come to me or leaders of HR and they ask, you know, why am I having so much trouble getting people to apply for my, for my jobs that I post on our career website or Indeed? Well, if you're not a brand that Gen Z can Google and find great information on or a modern and trendy website, you're likely not going to get their application in in the first place. We could have a whole conversation about this, so I'll keep this one brief. The first suggestion I would have if you have a disconnect 
between your employer and your consumer brand is to think about the ways that you could hype up your consumer brand to make it more attractive for Gen Z employees who are looking at working with you. Maybe that means starting to get active on social media with authentic videos and content. Maybe it simply means redoing your website so you have a better presence and more engaging uh, face for Gen Z to see. If you're a larger employer, it might mean running marketing campaigns that are more relevant to Gen Z, that are uh, maybe a departure from your typical marketing to other generations. Whatever it looks like for you, it's very important that you recognize the influence of your employer brand with your consumer brand. And in Gucci's case, because their consumer brand is already winning with Gen Z, their employer brand is also a representation of that same mission, value, and vision for inclusivity and creativity and beauty in the world. And then the third thing Gucci is doing very well is they're empowering their employees to be their, the front face of their business. In August of 2020, uh, I may have that wrong, it may be a little later in the year, but nonetheless, in the fall of 2020, Gucci employees were actually invited to be models in front of a live audience, which I think is just amazing. The fact that they brought in employees to be models, you know, employees who didn't necessarily have that stringent model look that we're all used to. And for many of these employees, it was their very first time in front of the camera. They got to wear the same collection that the models uh, were, you know, featuring, and then they got to embrace that and take their own photos. There's a couple things I love about this. Number one is essentially if you're a native digital looking at this project Gucci did, you are envisioning yourself being selected for that honor of being a model for the Gucci collection. And that is an exciting reason to work for Gucci, right? I mean, if, if you could be a part of that collection or have the opportunity to, why would you not get a job at Gucci? The second thing I love is there is so much authenticity and transparency in having your employees model your clothing. You're essentially making the statement, and, and Gucci was inherently making this statement, that they valued their employees enough to have them in their own clothing in a public fashion. Essentially saying to their consumer, you are the Gucci brand. You're the ones we want to see in, in these you know, clothing, carrying these bags, wearing these shoes. So this authentic, the, the authenticity that this brought to the brand, that their models didn't have to look perfect, that they could be employees or staff, is sending a message to Gen Z that they matter. All right, this has been a long flexor flop. So um, Gucci, you're doing great. Um, I would love to be able to dig more into your actual employee side and learn about what your leaders are doing to maintain relevance. There's only so much I can see from online, of course. But um, if, you know, if you're a company who's listening to this, take a hint from Gucci, especially if you are a luxury brand. There's some phenomenal things they're doing in that space and that uh, you all can learn from. I, again, strongly encourage you to listen to Elizabeth's episode if you have not already. And if you have any questions about luxury business and how to stay relevant to Gen Z, don't hesitate to reach out. 
Thanks for listening to the Native Digital, Native Analog Show. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. If you're looking to connect and talk more about attracting and retaining Native Digitals, you can reach me at hannahgwilliams.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>